Hey guys, it's James Chester here. You're listening to the Gather Round the Lamp podcast by underagaslitlamp.com. Gather Round the Lamp, an Aston Villa podcast. Aimed in towards Archer! That's a fabulous header! Once again, the target's banished the flick on. Gather round villains and welcome back to Gather Round the Lamp, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by underagaslitlamp.com. The impressive Emery effect continued last weekend on the south coast. So we'll revel in another three points on the road and discuss the latest ins and outs in the transfer market. I'm your host, Andy, and today I'm joined by Craig and Dan. Yes. Hello, Andy. Hello, Daniel. Hello, uh, happy listener. What a wonderful time to be alive. It's Unai Emery's world and we're just living in it. (laughs) Hi, Andy. Hi, Craig. Hi, listener. What a pod we've got this week. I, I don't care about the game. I just want to wax lyrical about Unai Emery for the next hour. Let's just, just bathe in his glory. Yeah, well, I mean, we could do. There wasn't an awful lot, I don't think, from the game. But we'll, we'll perhaps come on to the game a bit later. We'll mix it up a bit, I think. And uh, and we'll start with a bit of transfer talk. And um, we speculated last week, myself and Craig, as to whether... Um, whether Danny Ings would would remain at the club this January, um, we weren't sure. In 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 short, and then a few short days later, he was uh, he was whisked away to to, to West Ham. Um, looks like they've paid about thirteen million plus add-ons for for Ings, and um, you know he signed signed with Villa August. 2021 as part of the uh, Grealish uh, replacement <laughs> he was the goals apparently um, and we paid 25, 25 million for him and he, he leaves actually our, our current current top scorer for the season um, Craig were you, were you surprised by this after we, we discussed this last week um, and do you agree with the club selling Ings and, and does this deal make sense or, or do you think we really need to see a, a replacement in fairly soon. Um, I completely agree with it. And I think Ings did successfully replace Jack Grealish's five goals a season. So <laughs> that, that that was job done. Um, he also go, goes missing for periods of time with mysterious injuries, a bit like Jack Grealish. So it was, it was like a hand in glove. Also a nice lad and popular in the in, in, in dressing room. I do think that Ings, the Ings sale... Um, was was timely and and necessary i do think that his signing never quite worked um it does appear that he is fantastic around the the, the scenes apparently he does lots of charity work and, and and really popular member of the squad however he never fitted into to, into any of the villa teams i think the dean smith experiment with the uh, four five uh, three five poo andy your favorite <laughs> ings and watkins up front i think led to his his untimely dismissal uh, gerard never made it work either with Ings and, and Emery uh, took one look and said um, you can hang around but you're going to be second choice so to get good money for him is is really positive you know I always enjoy when, when Aston Villa make a sale and bank actual money for a player rather than these loans and letting contracts expire um, but the main thing is I think is the, the wages one of our top earners now has, has, has left around 20, 120,000 uh, pounds on the table for us to reinforce and bring in, hopefully, a player who's more influential in the first team. So um, really a good sale, I think. Really happy that he's, he's, he's gone, not in like a get-out-my-club kind of thing, just in I think it's a good deal for Aston Villa. And uh, wish, wish Danny Ings all the best. But yeah, absolutely bang on. And it was a really good sale from Aston Villa. Even better when you consider that, judging by reports coming out today, we're recording on Monday, he's injured and out for a few weeks, if not months. So it, it just shows why we had to accept the offer when we got the offer. Um, and, you know, we said I was on this pod about six months ago saying that I'd drive Danny Ings to whichever destination he wants to go to if someone will give us money. And I didn't get the call to drive him down to the London Stadium, but I would have done. And I think it's, you know, it's an odd one because... He's not been a flop for us. I think James Rushton on his, his excellent newsletter said that if you add up all his minutes, he's probably scored a goal every other game for us, which is a decent return for a striker. It's just that 
he's never really fitted, as Craig said. He he took the focus away from Ollie Watkins when when we really needed to lean into Ollie Watkins as our leading striker. And and yeah, it it, it almost turns the page on on what goes down as that odd Perslow Gerard era of of buying ready made Premier League stars that haven't really turned out and. And as Craig says, with his his wage hanging over us, he and going into the last year of his contract next year, we the chances are we weren't going to get any money for him. So you take the money from a relegation threatened team where you can get it. Little note though that with West Ham following on from Burnley and Villa, he's collecting the claret and blue uh, clubs. So uh, I don't know where he'll go to next, but um, but yeah, Scumfort playing claret and blue is that what I'm thinking? Maybe that's where he'll be after this one. Yeah, I think that's the one, isn't it? There's Clariton White, Northampton, my old stomping ground. Um, but yeah, Claret, the other Clariton Blue is Scunthorpe. It's not, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. <laughs> but um, you know, we'll we'll wait and see. But yeah, I, it was a weird one. I I, I wasn't sure. It was like, um, you know, it was a bit. It's a bit of a, <laughs> um, you know, should we should we be selling him at this point? You know. I always think, you know, we were just about to to obviously play Southampton, his old club, um, and he scores, he tends to score goals against his old clubs, uh, Danny Ings. So um, I felt like maybe we were we were giving away something there, but it is a case I think, you know, when 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 there's a, a transfer fee offered, um, you have to take it seriously when the, you've got a player who's 30, 31 years old. He's probably not made the kind of impact we hoped he was going to make. Although it's not, he's he's not done badly overall. Um, and uh, he, he, the injury problems that he has, you know, he's, he is so prone to injury as we as now West Ham are, are going to find out, unfortunately. So um, it had to be done. It had we had to sell him. We had to let him go. And sometimes you've just got to take the offer when it's there. And it's it's a deal. I think that that at the time suited everyone, although West Ham might be cursing their luck a little bit now. But um I'm 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 really pleased. I just I I do hope there's a a striker coming in, although, you know, part of me wants to make sure we get that position right and if it means wait until the summer to get the player we want. I mean I know who I want <laughs> um and that would be a, you know a summer a summer signing but does, I think does it rhyme with Sammy <laughs> <laughs> it may do yeah it may do um Mr Abraham uh, I would I would uh, take him back in a heartbeat but I think I think um I'd rather if 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 that's the kind of deal you know we we we're, we're looking at then I'd rather wait till the summer and get that one right you know and and sort of uh, muddle along until then really don't know what you guys think. I think, yeah, I think you're right. And to me, this is. I think if Emery had have had his way, he'd have kept things around his cover. But this, this strikes me as a business decision, not a football decision. And I mean, we're not going down. Let's say that for now. I think the bookies have us more chance of qualifying for Europe than going down. So we really just need a warm body in to replace him. We've got got Duran come in, who we'll talk about in a bit. But I don't know. Recall Wesley. We can't recall Archer, but just just get another body into cover because hopefully from now till the end of the season it's it's Watkins and Bailey all the way. He says touching every piece of wood around him. But yeah, I completely agree with that. I think that um, if if let's say that Andy is dreams come true and 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 the new player is Tammy Abraham and he is not available in this summer obviously there's been heavy rumors with uh, Moussa Dembele at Lyon but let's say that Tammy Abraham or someone like him is is the choice and you just they're not the, his his the selling club is not going to sanction a move in January no matter what then what you don't want to do is you don't want to waste money and time on on a Borja Baston you don't want to waste money and time on an Ali Samata if you do just need cover if you just need someone to run around for 15 minutes at the end of a game or, or perhaps he st- st- potentially step in uh, when Ollie Watkins is injured or whatever uh, and not disgrace themselves, then we have players that can do that already on the books. Wesley, I know he's much maligned and much lo- much mocked, but he could be a warm body till the end of the season. We got uh, Jaden uh, Philogene Bidace. He's on loan in the championship again. Not necessarily the player that we all dream of pushing us forward, but he's not going to disgrace himself. He's already made Premier League appearances. We have Keenan Davis on loan. We have Louis Barry on loan. We have uh, Bertrand Traore on loan. So there are people 
already under the Aston Villa umbrella that we could use as a, as a, as a stopgap until the summer, until such time as we can replace uh, Ings properly with with a, with a high caliber striker. So I would much rather see one of the lone army return and and and, and join in until the end of the season uh, than than us waste money or waste a loan on on a no hoper like. Uh, like a, a Augustinson or a Bednarek with, with no respect meant disrespect meant to those, although that was quite a disrespect disrespect intended. <laughs> Do you guys think that maybe a loan's incoming? Because obviously Augustinson's been told he can go back to his club and, and Bednarek got cancelled today. Do you reckon that's just players who don't fit under Emery or do you reckon it's clearing out some loan space for us to get a loan striker in? Well, it was interesting because Augustinson, I think... He's, he's being talked about like he's staying now, um, and I wonder whether the the injury to Luca Dean has mm. kind of meant that they can they can continue with that. It looked like he got a nasty injury, but apparently he was available select for selection at the weekend. Did he was he on the bench? I, I can't remember who was on the bench. Even he wasn't on the bench. At the he wasn't weekend, on the no. bench. So and they 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 picked a, a a second goalkeeper instead of him. So maybe there's or maybe he just wasn't quite quite fit enough. But I mean, we'll see. I mean, is is it two loans we're allowed? Is that is that the is that the maximum? I think you're allowed. Is, is it two domestic loans, maybe? And, and I think it's two domestic and two international. Yeah. I think. Okay, so yeah, don't it, quote me. It might be that they're freeing that up, or or just that you know they they. I mean, Bednarek, I think was recalled, wasn't he? By um, by Southampton, they obviously want to try and shore things up. The manager's gone in there and decided that he needs a bit more experience at the at the back, and uh, they've got a player. They've got a player that that might be able to offer them that. So. Um, you know that make, makes sense, really, and we've got we've got our our, our guy coming back, uh, Diego Carlos, hopefully as well, haven't we? So, um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see. But yeah, I, it feels like it feels like with things going, we do need another striker. But it's got to be someone who's obviously happy to sit behind Ollie Watkins, or or someone who's better than Ollie Watkins, and. That's going to be difficult to do, isn't it? And you know, in the last week of, of of the window, we look at the two the two players that I would say are a tier above Ollie Watkins at next step, without being the the real top of the tree. Uh, two Brazilian gentlemen by the name of Richarlison and um, and um, Gabriel Jesus. Those two went for what fifty, sixty million a pop in the summer. And those guys don't really score very many more goals than Ollie Watkins, but you would say they're kind of a marginal upgrade. So in order for us to upgrade Ollie Watkins, we are looking at a 50 or 60 million pound player. And um, and that is not, again, it's not something you can necessarily do in January. And again, those those players do not grow on trees. They are they are a scarce, rare breed and and everyone wants one. So you're in you're in major competition. Uh, Marcus Taram is 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 one that's been spoken about in terms of a young forward player out of contract at the end of the season. Every club and his grandma are lining up to to, to bring him in the door. So it's just not so straightforward to 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 upgrade in that position. So what you can do is try and be cute, try and be clever, try and develop our, our own talent like we have um, in terms of some of the young players on loan, and also bring in this lad from MLS in the hope that in maybe a year, eighteen months. He can develop into some someone who can be who can be a, a real player for us, but it's really complicated, really hard to do, and and I would I would venture a guess, basically impossible to do in the last eight uh, days of the transfer window here. Yeah, absolutely. But you, like you say, there we've we we have um, added to the the, the striking department um, in the last week. It was announced last week um, that we had agreed a deal for Jean, is it Jean Duran? Is that am I saying that right? Um, from from Chicago Fire for around fourteen million, um, he's a nineteen year old Colombian striker. Um, he was actually due to re- represent the Colombian under twenty ones uh, this month, but has been uh, withdrawn from that and and will apparently be available to face Leicester City next weekend. Um, this one did come a bit out of the blue. It has been confirmed today. Um, we're recording this on Monday, um, and there's been a bit of content around him today um but you know there was initial kind of speculation he may be more of a development signing however he appears to be going straight into the first team squad he's got the he's got the number 22 formerly uh, owned by Mr Al Ghazi Craig and and also Mr Codger two of your two of your big firm favorites there um so yes you know, 
he's he's in he's in he's in uh, grand company I would say um, my sweet prince Jimmy Jimmy Danger <laughs> my beautiful baby boy oh how I would long to have those two back <laughs> but but what what do we uh, know about him if anything Craig and how much do you expect to to see him feature this season I think that. Um, I think that Emery has been really clever, actually, in terms of how he deflected any kind of pressure from this young man, really ex- explicitly stating that, uh, that, that Duran is not a replacement for Danny Ings. Uh, Emery said, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, that we, we don't know what we're going to do with him. We're going to, first of all, he's going to train with us. We're going to have a look at him. And I imagine that Emery will want to assess his level. Um, you would think just based on the numbers we have today, as we record Monday, 28th, 23rd of January, you know, we could have an afternoon, uh, an afternoon or evening signing today where Dembele's in. And then this, 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 this comment here goes out the window, but I would imagine that Emery's going to be softly, softly, gently, gently with him, have a look at him, see what kind of position he's in, see what kind of, see what kind of level he's at currently. And, it could be that maybe Emery decides that this is someone who needs to go on loan for the rest of the season. If we do bring another striker, maybe Emery decides he's just going to start on the bench and have 10 minutes here, five minutes there, just to get used to the Premier League, give him an opportunity to settle into Birmingham and all those other things, uh, adapt to the culture. And not we're not really going to see him until pre-season. But I would think that he will be... I wouldn't imagine we'll see too much of him. I would imagine cameos at the most, unless we have some kind of injury crisis. Yeah, I mean, t- talking about him settling into Birmingham, he had a great start to life. Uh, the unveiling video, he gets Juan Pablo Angel up on the up on the big screen, telling him all about what it's like to be a Villa fan. It's a it's a good little one for tugged at my heartstrings a little bit there, but. I mean, apparently, from what I've read, this is an Emery signing. He was tracking the lad before he came to Villa and he pushed through the deal. And I think what's interesting, Craig was mentioning Turan before, and I think the fee for Turan looks like about the fee that we're paying for for Duran, who I can't wait till he scores twice, by the way. The headline writers are going to have a lot of fun with that. But, I mean, from what we can tell about him, he, as Craig said earlier, top strikers cost a lot of money. So you either go out and spend $60 or you find an uncovered diamond that you can polish up and make it shine and turn it into a world-class striker. And I think that that that's what we've got in this lad. He's got the raw attributes to be a top-draw striker. His his youth coach likened him to, to Romelu Lukaku. In fact, he thinks he's better than Lukaku. And if we get a striker like that at the price we're getting him for, then he's going to be an absolute bargain. I think from everything I've read about him, he's got a lot of pace, a lot of power, he, he plays with a lot of passion too. And I think we could have a gem on our hands. I've, I've seen a fair few people disparaging MLS. And I mean, as, as someone who, who's worked a bit in MLS, I can tell you that they scout South America really, really well, better than a lot of leagues scout South America because it's partly their business model. You get, get players for cheap from South America who've got hunger to move abroad and prove themselves and get that move. I mean, we saw it with, with Miguel Amaron to Newcastle, but um I, I, just the fact that he's played in MLS, I wouldn't put this off. I think that's that's a good sign. They've they've gone and got a gem. They've they've bought him to sell him on, and and I don't think Chicago would have thought they'd sell him on as quickly as they have. But but with other clubs apparently sniffing around, Liverpool and Chelsea apparently were sniffing around him. We've we've moved first to get him in. So I'm really excited by it. You know what it's like when a player you've not really heard of comes in. It's it's proper exciting because. It could be the best player we've ever seen at Villa Park, or he could be another Borja Baston. We don't know, but but he's got the right attributes and he's got the right age profile for me. So I'm looking forward to seeing him. Yeah, I think that's it. We've we've said a few times on the podcast, haven't we? Where you know we we seem to um, we seem to always need a middleman. We seem to always need a player to come and prove themselves in the Premier League first before we become aware of them. And you know we're, we're paying like double treble what we could have paid if we'd have signed them the two years before, you know. Um, you know, why why can't we sort of pick up some of these some of these players, these these young players like like Brighton and Brentford and Southampton do, you know, and, and kind of um you know, make them our own sort of thing. Um and maybe this is this is kind of the start of that maybe this is what we're looking at now um i know we've we've been um doing this 
um, in terms of signing British players, I suppose, um, very you know, into the academy, you know, picking picking some of the best young talent that we can get from around the, the, the British Isles, but um, to actually kind of go um, into the MLS and, and, you know, pick a young player. Um, and I, I think a lot is said about his age, but he's the same age as, as, as Benteke was when he signed as well. Um, and he came in and, and, and hit the ground running, didn't he? But he, he perhaps had a little bit more, um, obviously, experience of, of, of the European side of things. So, you know, players 19, 20, this is when players should be sort of coming into the first team picture, shouldn't they, if they are good enough? So um, it's it's probably it's going to be a big jump from what he's used to but if he's got the attributes to do it it's 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 a good chance to kind of to kind of get him get him fed into the system a bit isn't it it's played a lot of football too as well sorry Craig I'm just jumping in I think he made his debut at 15 so he's played a lot of football kind of so it's not like he's a 19 year old who's just broke through he's been playing men's football since a young age so and has moved continents moved countries and so I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if we see a fair amount of him this year. I think we'll 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 a lot will, is going to depend really on 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 whether we we sign someone or not. But I think his adaptation is going to be helped by the fact he's coming from Chicago. I tell you, a winter in Chicago is not to be uh, <laughs> it's not to be trifled with. He'll uh, he'll he'll be feel like he's on the Algarve now, rocking up at Birmingham New Street after a winter in Chicago. I tell you what, so he'll be. That's one one thing in terms of a culture shock that will be pleasing to him. That he'll he'll take the the drizzle and rain in Birmingham over the Chicago winter. I imagine every day of the week on twice on Sunday. Yeah, no, he's he's he's. Uh, I saw him. I saw him the the video with uh, the the. Um, they they put Juan Pablo Angel on the on the big screen with a, a message, obviously in Colombian and. And all that, and he just looked fro- he just looked frozen to the bone. The poor lad, you know, sat there in the whole ten. But you know, he's it was pointed out to me that it's it's far worse in Chicago, and that's where he's he's just flown from. Although he, he yeah. he's come over from Colombia as well, hasn't he? I think actually. So, you know, I think he's um, uh, yeah. My, anyway, well, I, I don't. C- Colombia has a far more moderate climate than people would imagine. Actually, okay. Um, lots of. Uh, uh, Species of frog come from uh, Colombia. <laughs> it has more frogs than any other country in the world. Okay, there you go. A bit of trivia for you. Do you think uh, just a little bit of? Go on. Would, would that help him settle in Birmingham? His knowledge of, of frog species is that? I don't know. We used to have a toad by our drain when we were kids in Hall Green, but I don't know. Um, I don't know if 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 it was a sexy toad or not. <laughs> did you lick it? Um, I did not. I did not lick it. I couldn't catch the thing for a start. Um, <laughs> Just, just a little, just a little personal thing here. I loved him. The the, the video of him, uh, Duran singing, and the whole end. Whenever I do a play, I do plays for anyone who doesn't know. Listen, I do plays and, and musicals and things like that. I, there's nothing like sitting in a theatre or a stadium just an hour or two before it's going to be full and just looking at the stage, looking at the pitch, and and just uh, and just thinking about what's to come and the kind of anticipation and all that stuff. It's really one of my favourite things to do. And uh, I just saw his face and it really moved me. Actually, I found it a little bit emotional. That video It was great. And yeah, but one that's the line. Go on, Andy. That's the life of a Birmingham City fan on a on a on a on a full, full match day. You know, they can sit there and pretend it's not happening. Yeah, but that um, Juan Pablo video was lovely. When Juan Pablo described himself as a Villa fan, it really got me. I, I hadn't realised how much I missed him. I wonder if the club will be getting. Maybe this is fanciful thinking, but getting him in to to help him adjust, or or whether he'll be on the end of a phone for him so he can. No, I think we'd want to we'd want we'd want to get Carlos Sanchez in to do that, not Juan Pablo. <laughs> yeah, we have a, a rich history of Colombian uh, players at Aston Villa. Um, let's hope this one is uh, is up there. If he's if he's any if he's anywhere near as good as uh, as Angel was, then uh, we've got a proper player on our hands. So so let's hope and let's hope he, he settles in really quickly. Um, but we'll move on to the to the game. Southampton away at the weekend. Um, interesting game. Obviously, Southampton fighting for their lives. Um, Moreno, Alex Moreno, started his his, his first Villa game um, in place of Luca Dean, who who was injured. Um, but otherwise, the, the the team was was unchanged. We had uh, some youngsters on the bench. Sinisalo, the the goalkeeper. Um, 
Revan and, and Caden Young were also on the bench as the Villa squad just seemed starting starting to look a little bit depleted with their various injuries and people missing. Um, first half um, <laughs> was strangely delayed, I think, uh, by by about nine minutes, about midway through, because of a, a drone coming into the stadium, which seems like a very modern thing. It's usually a dog on the pitch, but in this case, it was a it was a drone. Um, there were chances either side of the break for Leon Bailey as well, who seemed unable to really compose himself. So certainly the one where he he blasted the ball over the bar after a a, a decent effort by Ramsey, which was saved. Um, looked like he lost his lost his head a little bit with with that one. But Villa had the vast majority of the possession really, um, although Martinez was was called to make two two really excellent saves during the game. Um, and he was picked out on uh, match of the day for particular work um, with his feet, you know, the, playing that kind of sweeper keeper and mopping up behind the defence. Um, seemed seemed to do quite well, which is something that we've been we've been questioning really. Um, there was a Southampton goal uh, disallowed. There were two actually. One was clearly offside, but the the second one. Um, was a foul on Ramsey by Elianusi in the in the area to cancel out Ward Prowse's um, finish. It looks a bit soft initially, but the the replay does show that he's just caught the back of his his heel there. Um, what did you think of this one? Did you think it was got away with one here, Craig, or was this a clear foul for you? Well, I think that. Um it was no less clear than the, the, the penalty shout that Ramsey had in the first half. Uh, not the one on the goalkeeper, I didn't think that was a penalty, but the other one where he's rolled a man and the man's kicked him in the shin and, and, and he's fallen down. Um, had Aston Villa had been deprived a goal on this, I would have been disappointed, but there is a clear stamp on the Achilles and a push in the back. So it is fair to say, Ramsey said in his post-match interview that he would have headed the ball clear had he not been fouled. And I, I believe him. Ramsey looks like an honest lad to me. So, uh, yeah, goal disallowed, right decision. It was a bad weekend for VAR all round, wasn't it? And I, I think this case they were right on the Ramsey one. But the penalty shout was horrible. Uh, one thing I would say, though, with the, with the drone hanging around not doing much over the Southampton area, it's like Danny Ings hadn't left at all. It was... <laughs> it's cruel that's not Danny Ings he's better than a drone he did he does it, it was like he was uh, that game against Leeds where he came on I don't know if I was on for that podcast I don't think I was it was like he was dragging a tractor trailer behind him my goodness he was labouring um, but anyway, he's, he's gone now, lad, so be nice to him. Yeah, absolutely. No, he did He did okay. He didn't do an awful lot of running, but he's, he did, you know, he, he scored some goals. But um, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't really sure. I mean, you know, from, from, uh, I was kind of had an, had an eye on Sky Sports news for the, for this one. And uh, Michael Dawson was, was really up in arms. Um, he was watching this game uh, for Sky and he was, he was up in arms about this one. And when I, once I'd, Got a chance to, to to watch the game back. It felt like it, it was a it was a foul, you know. It's 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 unfortunate, and I feel for Southampton and all the rest of it. But you know, n- nevertheless, it was a foul by the player, and it was it was something that that that, that led to the goal. You know, clearly. Ramsey would have uh, would have done something whether whether he'd have, <laughs> he might have made a mess of it himself but at least he would have he would have sort of changed the the course of that that move so you know it felt felt like a felt like a penalty uh, sorry a, a foul to me um but the winner um sort of came I felt like it was going to uh, it was going to peter out into a, into a bit of a board draw but the winner came from Ollie Watkins um, a header from a Douglas Louise free kick um, really big moment for Ollie Watkins um, with Ings leaving obviously and a, a, a talk of a striker striker reinforcements coming coming in um, this felt like a really timely moment for Watkins who has struggled a little bit in front of goal and what about scoring a, a goal direct from a from a free kick as well Craig? <laughs> Oh, it's, all, it's, all, it, it, it's Unai is obviously some kind of powerful sorcerer because he is absolutely knocking out every single hex, every single jinx, everything the third or third third kit curse 
uh, Ollie Watkins uh, 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 with with one shot, one goal, basically, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, scoring a goal from a, a, a free kick again. Like he is just knocking them all on the head. He's waving his magical wand around, and we're all we're all enjoying the uh, the delights. Um, Watkins has been a really good signing for Aston Villa. We all get frustrated with him when he he goes through one-on-one and conspires to whack it against the keeper's shins or he misses an easy chance. But there's a reason why he's been retained and Danny Ings has not been retained. And that's because Ollie Watkins makes Aston Villa a better team than Danny Ings does. And Ollie Watkins is still our number one forward. He's been our number one forward since he walked through the door. Uh, since Dino brought him in and he is again he's really hard to up- upgrade so really happy for Ollie Watkins this doesn't mean that he's going to turn into a, a finisher of, of Harry Kane proportions but it's good for his confidence and it's definitely a good reminder of what Watkins can do and also that he can actually be maybe that you know 14 goal a season striker again that we saw in his first season oh, it was a really nice goal wasn't it a good header headed it down into the ground which I think helped got it out of the keeper's reach um, I was looking through the stats today and I think since in the last seven games which must be when Emery came in Ollie Watkins has five goal involvements like assists or an actual strike which is a pretty good return from a player that a lot of fans wanted out the doors not too long ago um, I, you know, I love Ollie Watkins, and I think realistically, you know, Emery isn't signing a replacement for him. He's going to sign a partner for him, and someone will take the goal scoring onus off of Ollie Watkins. So I'm delighted to see him see him do well, and I think Ings going is going to make him do even better. There's the there's not it's not a coincidence that Watkins' form has been in a downward spiral since we signed Danny Ings. He, he seems to be the kind of player who likes an arm round him, likes to be told he's the main man. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him go on a tear, well, a tear, a, a Watkins-style tear from between now and the end of the season. And I'm here for it. I love watching Ollie Watkins and and I love watching him score. I, an interest when you're saying, uh, Andy, about it petering out into a ball draw, I think it must have been a match of the day. They said Emery has never been in charge of a, a nil-nil draw in the Premier League and, and it continued in this one as well, which is slightly odd. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it did feel like it was it was it was going that way. I've, I'm, I've had I have had trouble with with Watkins. I think particularly since since Danny Ings, you know, did come in. I think I think we had such high hopes for him that season, didn't we? And it all started a bit a bit slow. And then of course, um, that you know the the manager change, Gerard kind of came and 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 um, you know. Kind of stuck his boot through the whole the whole of the the, the confidence <laughs> didn't he? and it, that, any confidence that was built up there, and um, and and I think I think the thing the thing I, I love about Watkins he he never stops trying does he? He is he is regarded as as a kind of confidence player, but it, I don't feel like it ever stops him having a go. Um, someone was saying this about about Saka as well, you know. However many times you, you you tackle him, however many times you stop him, or he misses a chance, or he misses a cross, or whatever, he's back for more. Like ten seconds later, and and I, I feel I feel the same about Ollie Watkins. I was thinking as well as watching him, um, you know, since Emery came in, and it feels like the way he's he's been asked to lead the line is very different as well. It feels like he's coming for the ball. A lot more, so even the ball going in the air to him, he's he's coming forward, and consequently he's got far more time. He's way ahead of the defender, and he's able to bring the ball down and find his man. He's not being asked to back in and try and beat Van Dyke or whoever in the air. He's 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 showing for the ball, and because he's, he's so good at that with his back to goal and playing on the half turn, it's opening up you know huge amounts of space for for the other players um, and I really like it I think it's a quite a significant change that, that, that Emery's made because there's no point you know, slinging big big long balls up to him is there 
it's almost like can you imagine yeah, it's almost like he's <laughs> being coached imagine? isn't it like it's uh, you know it, yeah it, it's almost like a manager's actually got a plan and is taking him to one side and letting him know what to do i was i was re- i still haven't emotionally recovered from that bournemouth game where we were just slinging in crosses to danny ings as the lone striker <laughs> up against the the, the land of, in the land of the giants yeah. I mean, sorry to interrupt, but this this stuff wasn't rocket science. It's, I'm getting frustrated thinking about how bad Gerard was with his absolute nonsense football. Anyway, sorry, before we started recording, Andy and I had a little a little hating on Stephen Gerrard because he was doing the punditry on the Liverpool Chelsea game at the weekend, and it, his halftime analysis was that Jurgen Klopp needed to get into his players in the dressing room, and that to me summed up Stephen Gerrard's entire managerial ethos there's no no tactics no talking about how a player could change or they could find the goal it's it's throw a teacup at the wall stuff and I think we're seeing that with Ollie now he's being coached he's being told what to do and he's got a smile on his face again I know it sounds small and we've mentioned it a few times but he had a lovely post-match interview where he says he's trying to get better and I'm kind of I like that in a player who's being honest and and trying to get better and and has got a coach who's making him better yeah absolutely I think there's 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 definitely some more to come from Ollie Watkins and 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 whoever whoever does eventually come in alongside him or next to him, whether or not uh, Leon Bailey. Leon Bailey seems to have a twin brother that, that comes and plays for the away games. <laughs> Can't hit a cow's ass with a, a bloody banjo. Um, but anyway, whoever's going to be partnering or working with Ollie Watkins is going to find themselves a, a really relentless partner, a really great forward, a really dogged and determined team player and um someone who you you want you want to succeed someone you root for um he doesn't again he always he doesn't always come up the way that we want him to but he he's he's always someone that that tries and he's always someone that's relentless and you can never question his commitment and that is a downside more than we can say for some villa forwards over the years yeah but his touch his touch has improved as well i think and he's so difficult to get the ball off once i think that's confidence yeah i yeah. think that's confidence he, he was like a trampoline in certain games under gerard yeah, yeah. and he's not being asked to do the goal scoring too i mean i think almost not that he's really scoring them but i think bailey's job is to stretch a defense kind of get in behind him and, and as andy said Watkins coming a little bit shorter is is a lot more his game for me than than getting him right up against the center backs and and it's again just coaching, but we've seen it throughout the team. I think Ashley Young was superb again, and I can't believe I ever disparaged Ashley Young's abilities. It keeps rolling back the years. Mings and Consul look great again. Martinez was great. It's, it, it's dare I say it, we've got players playing to their ability at last, and and we've got a manager who's only been in the jobs a few months, and I think since he came in, only Arsenal have more points, and that's. It's unbelievable, and he hasn't needed to get rid of half the team and throw him under the bus or have a transfer window. He's just just quietly getting That's on with the his thing. job. That's the thing. He, this is this is the thing. This is why he's a sorcerer. He's also a mind melder <laughs> because he is he is sacking off all half the team, but he does it in such a friendly way. No one knows, and also he's not stupid enough to come out and bury his players and throw them under the bus every week in the in the. Uh, in the in in the press he talks them up and says you know nice things about them and then oh all of a sudden they're more attractive to 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 prospective buyers west ham come and take our our our, our player off of off our hands for 15 million pounds who is in perhaps it's fair to say physical decline and um and the reason that that they wanted to do that is because probably they're looking at it and seeing he scores goals not necessarily seeing the full picture because Emery's system even in its just short period it is designed it is the antithesis of the Gerrard system where it is designed to hide players shortcomings and accentuate their their uh, abilities whereas Gerrard did it uh, uh, the other way around which obviously is why he is with uh, Frank Lampard in the job center yeah and and it's winning these winning these games as well when maybe you know we're not necessarily bang on form we're not we're not scintillating we we don't have to some, sometimes even under dean smith it felt like we had to be absolutely 100% full throttle to to win games to score goals and and certainly when when grealish wasn't playing at least but but we you know when uh, Obviously, the same true. Same was true of, of Gerard, but now it seems like we're, we're picking up these little goals here and there where we weren't before, free kicks and corners and so on, and 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 
you know, getting these results when, you know, I think we probably did deserve to win the game on on Saturday on the, the on the balance of play and the chances, but it's a game. Yeah. It's a game. You know, at the start of the season, we we undoubtedly lose, undoubtedly. Yeah, and and we lose that game under Dean Smith as well. Yeah, I agree. No, no, no offense to Dino. Yeah, no, I no, agree. Absolutely. And it's it's the difference of having a dare I say it world class manager or a big swinging appendage of a manager, as I called him. He's it, even Unai Emery just just needs to bat average, and we've got a great manager. Like he just needs to turn up, and we're not waiting for a coach to develop or to show his potential. We've got a great manager just doing his job, and and we're seeing the results of it. And I think you're both right. We lose that game under Gerard Smith, but but we've gone there. We've not played great, but we've got three points, and and that's the sign of a good team. Even if we did have two goalkeepers on the bench, yeah, it's um it's a good place to be, and it's it's a it's an excellent. Um, atmosphere, and I think he—that's the other thing he's doing. He's—he's he's bringing the fans in. He mentions the fans first every single um, after-match, particularly the away, the the away games. You know, it's the first thing he, he mentions is how 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 proud he is of the supporters. I think it's lovely. I think it's it it must come across really well, and that's why they sing his name all all throughout yeah. the game. You know, it's it's it continues. seems genuine as well. It seems it seems real. Um, it doesn't seem like it's something that he he is making up or faking. It seems like he really does appreciate the kind of um, um, symbiotic bond between the fans, the players, the squad, the, the, and the performance on the field. And that is again, it shows his level of emotional intelligence and, and, and maturity, which is in stark contrast to. <laughs> I'm going to get into him at half time. <laughs> and he's been putting in the work too, according to I think it was the Telegraph piece last week. You say he's been doing long hours at the training pitch. He's been doing individual video sessions with players. Like he's, it, not only is he smart and emotionally intelligent, but he's hard working too. I mean, it looks like he's been working hard. The guy looks like he's aged about ten years since he came in, but. I mean, Villa will do that to you. Villa will do that to you. I mean, I, I was a fresh-faced young boy until I started supporting Villa, and now look at me. I'm a draggled old man. Speaking of the work ethic, wasn't that like a Gary Lineker quote? Yeah, the, the, the harder I work, the luckier I get. Mm, yeah, fun, yeah, strange, isn't it? It's still, I, it's not worked for me, unfortunately, Craig. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but another 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 player who 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 um, obviously is a huge link with the supporters is is Ashley Young, and Dan, you reminded me earlier on today that um, it was this day in two thousand and seven that Ashley Young first joined Aston Villa from Watford, um, and had a had a, a brilliant few few years with us. I didn't think there would be a hope in hell. I don't know that I prefer this. This I wouldn't necessarily go that far just to say I would enjoy this this version more, Andy. I think Ashley Young, in his in his, in his first incarnation, was 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 a real heartbreaker for me when he left. He's up there with me with with Dwight York and and uh, Paul McGrath and uh, of course our old captain, Super Jack Grealish. <laughs> difficult to say that and um you know in terms of players i really really loved but yeah no we just thought he was kind of in for the in for the ride going to be a good group amongst the lads kind of a good group <laughs> a good lad amongst the groups whatever i'm saying he was going to be good in the dressing room and and and, and perhaps he was going to do his coaching badges and just really be a player to fill in really versatile and we have seen him particularly under dean smith and gerard we saw him in all kinds we saw him back on the wing we saw him in midfield at certain points in time but um he uh he really has made that right back position his own and to, to such an extent now where there are rumors flying around that matty cash is surplus to requirements yeah it's, it's interesting isn't it that it's it's um it's sorry go on dad no i was gonna say I, I, it's bizarre because when we signed ashley young i was I thought it was, you know, nice novelty, but it'd never play well. And I think almost Young's performance has made made Matty Cash surplus to requirements because he showed us what a fullback who can pass the ball and who can play tactically can do. I love Matty Cash, but he's very much a guy doing laps, kind of bombing up and down like he's in the swimming pool. Um, whereas you put a footballer in at right back and we suddenly look like a different team. And I think... 
Young's performances of whether Emery, Emery probably knew this anyway have shown us what we can be a more balanced side if we have a better footballer over on the right there and and dare I say it I'm on board with selling Matty Cash and I, I, I can't believe I'm saying that especially after how much I enjoyed watching him last year but but Young's shown that, that there's a different path to go yeah I think I think um when I say I prefer this version of, <laughs> of Ashley, um, <laughs> um, he, 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 is, he is to drive me a little bit mad um, sometimes. He was he could be quite frustrating, as brilliant as he was. Um, he could be quite frustrating. Uh, he used to hit the whole tend a few times with those crosses, but um, he's 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 just been he's just been a. I think he's what he's done is he's elevated his legacy. You know, way above um, what it what it was. I think coming back and actually being a success and a really important part of the team in a in a difficult time as well, um, relatively speaking. Um, he, I think he's 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 just he's just been superb, and I I love watching him play. I think he's the you know he's he's such an intelligent footballer. Um, he's got all every he's got every trick in the book in terms of defending, in terms of uh, beating his opponent and and levelling things up. And we saw it against uh, Nanto last week with uh, with Leeds, who who really you know probably would have destroyed Matty Cash um, the performance he put in, but but he didn't destroy Ashley Young. Ashley Young was still there all the way through, and you know I, I thought um, I thought then you know what 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 a what a player, but he's unfortunately it's just whether he can he can play every every week i suppose but when you're not in the cups and you're just playing in the league then there's there's no reason why not really at the minute so if he's if he's if he's doing okay so um yeah it might be one that they look at in the summer whether you know whether they feel matty cash can go up a level or or, or whether they need to get someone in at, at right back I, I would imagine um but we're in the midst now of a, a, a transfer a transfer window, the January transfer window, and there's uh, there's only really one name on on every Villa fan's lips, and that's uh, Matteo Guendouzi, um, former Arsenal midfielder who was of course signed by Emery as an 18 year old, uh, currently at Marseille. Lots of discussion mainly in in the French press, I'd say at this stage that Villa will make a move, although you know maybe some debate as to whether he, he the player would 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 be open to the to the transfer. Um, we've also had the the news. I'm not sure it's been confirmed officially by the club, but uh, Morgan Sanson is off to Strasbourg with his mate uh, Freddie Gilbert. Um, that was uh, a big weight off my shoulders when that <laughs> Gilbert's uh, transfer, permanent transfer as well, was announced um, last week. Um, Marvison Nakamba has apparently been told that he's sur- surplus to requirements and he can leave and he wasn't on the bench at the weekend either and of course Bednarek has, has gone back to Southampton as well um, lots of moving parts particularly around that midfield area potentially um, you know Emery also suggesting he'd like to he'd possibly like to replace Ings as we as we discussed earlier, either now or in the summer. It feels like that revamp has has really started in earnest. Um, so, what would you like to see happen prior to the window closing, and, and could could there be a surprise or two, Craig? Well, I've been told that Neymar is now <laughs> supposed to requirements at PSG, and him and Unai have have it. No, um, I think. I'm I'm happy for us to keep our powder dry. I know not necessarily everyone will share these sentiments. I know people looked at the uh, at the bench the other day against uh, Southampton and had concerns that we were you know two goalkeepers and a, and 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 a, and a kid or two. But we do have Diego Carlos returning in in weeks' time. Apparently due back in February, we do have Dina returning. We do have McGinn returning. Uh, we do still, Augustinson is still in the building, <laughs> believe it or not. Uh, Marvellous at the camber, although he's been told to leave, is still in the build, building. And we also have some really talented young players, uh, likes of uh, Feeney, who's been on the bench, O'Reilly's been on the bench already for Aston Villa. So I don't think it's as, we're in dire straits as some people are making out. So I would rather, again, that we make the right kind of signings rather than just fill the squad with 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 Augustinsons and Bednareks, which is a waste of everyone's time, um, including the players for that matter. They've not you know done themselves any favours coming to Aston Villa. So 
if we do need to get some some warm bodies, again, we do have that lone army uh, to 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 turn to if we want to, as well as one of the best academies in the country. But in terms of players that that that, that we've been linked to, I love Gwendozi. I think Gwendozi is a really excellent player. There's been rumours today that we're we're looking to part exchange somebody. Rumours that person might be Bertrand Traore. Don't know how true that is or not. Uh, but if we can send a player that is surplus to requirements at Villa and as and, and reduce that fee down for Gwendozi, then happy days. It'll be really good for Aston Villa. And, and, and Gwendozi is really going to help improve us and push us to the next level. So that would be a, a player I'd be delighted to see. And also, you would like to see a forward but again, it just has to be the right forward. I don't want I don't want Samata. I don't want Borja Baston. I don't want Grant Holt. I don't want any Weg that that car horse that just gone to Man United. I don't want any of those jokers coming into Aston Villa. I'd rather have Wesley back for the rest of the season. I'd rather have Keenan Davis for the rest of the season, as I said earlier, and let's go big in the summer to get our real number one target. So if we had Gwenduzi and nothing else, I would be um really delighted with this with this transfer window and um, um, mainly because of the players we've been able to get rid of rather than the players we brought in it feels like a spring cleaning yeah i mean mark was on last week a week before and he said if unai wants him then it, it's fine by me and that's it's the feeling I, i've not been this relaxed as a villa fan in a transfer window for a long long time if we don't sign anyone it's because unai doesn't want them if we sign someone it's because he thinks they'll work and that's good enough for me and I still expect us to get a few deals through the door, and January is always a slow mover. We'll see a lot of stuff in the last few days, but but Gwendouzi, I'd be delighted with Dembele, who we've been linked with as well from Liga. Would I'd be delighted with and and Delafe, who we've been linked with. I'd be delighted with, but I think it's just got to be smart deals at this point. We're we're not buying people for the short term. We're it looks like we're rebuilding the entire squad, so so they've got to be the right personality to work with. With, with Unai Emery and, and they've got to be able to fit in and, and I think the things I like about Gwendouzi and Delafeu is they've both played in the Premier League before and they've played in England so that that adjustment period which can be even harder in January won't be as hard for them so so there are a couple of deals that I'd, I'd be more likely to see come through but but who knows like it, it's Villa and we seem to not have any clue who joins these days so who knows who's going to come out probably some unheard player from the Spanish third division that Unai's plucked out of nowhere and has decided to throw in is, is who we can expect and and they'll probably turn out to be brilliant yeah that's it that's that's how comfortable <laughs> I am it's weird I've not felt this comfortable in a long long time as a little fan yeah no I, th- I think that's it I mean I was looking at the um the transfer business kind of last week and obviously we brought in Moreno brought in Duran and we've we've sold uh, Danny Ings and, and Gilbert as left that feels like um feels like we're up a little bit there doesn't it and I don't know it's it, it feels like a kind of nice thing I mean in terms of in terms of players leaving and and the and the squad thinning out I think I said I said to 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 you guys earlier on the chat that it feels like the players that are leaving are players that we wouldn't necessarily want to see picked anyway you know it'd be you know it'd be strange <laughs> certainly you wouldn't want to see that <laughs> yeah I know I know it's probably it's probably just me but you know I mean if if you if 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 we knew we were going into the second half of the season relying on Sanson I don't think we'd be particularly confident same with the Camber unfortunately same certainly the same same with Gilbert that's open season for any uh, any left winger that that's coming to Villa Park so I think uh I think we're we're clearing the decks a little bit, and I like that. I think Sanson's uh, deal is only a is only a loan till the end of the season, anyway. But it probably just makes a little bit of space for for Gwendouzi if they can get it done. And you know, it's 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 one that I'd really like. Um, I was saying to you earlier, Dan, that the thing with it is, I, I imagine Gwendouzi absolutely loving Marseille and the and the vibe there and. Um, you know, he seems like that kind of that kind of chap. You know, he's uh, he's he's a bit unhinged, and it's probably the right sort of place for him, really. But he's he's he he is a, he is a very good player, a very talented player, and hundred plus games in the Premier League at the age of twenty three. Considering he's not really been there for for two or three years, is is not bad at all. And he's he's worked with the manager before, so he he knows. He knows what's expected. Um, it's just how, how then we would 
we would we would um, approach things with the, with those three in midfield. But you know that's what you have a squad for, isn't it? It is what you have a squad for. Competition for places is a beautiful thing, and this will also help. You know, looking further up the pitch. Um, this is another thing I wanted to mention for, with, with Bailey and, um, and and Watkins. They also need competition for places. When 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 Bailey's missing chances like that, he needs punishment. <laughs> I'm not talking about corporal punishment. I'm talking about like dropping the following weeks. You know, players need to be pushed. And even though we we're all in love with Kamara, he's still a young player. He's going to have uh, dips in form. We also may need him, as I mentioned last week, to step in at centre half. Now Bedrack's gone, so. Douglas Louise, we know, is 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 a more experienced player now, but he's he can have a dip in form for four or five games. Every player, even the really really top ones, have uh, dips in form. So you want to have uh, players pushing, you want to have players chomping at the bit to play, and you want to have real healthy competition for places all over the pitch. and And after having such a god awful midfield for so long, Aston Villa, we now have a really exciting midfield, and, and Gwen Doozy would only add to that for my for my. Uh, for my money. What do you gents make of Danjuma going to, to Everton? There was a lot of talk about him coming to Villa Park and a few sources said it was already a done deal. And he, he's obviously worked under Emery before and, and looked like he'd be a good sign. And it's an odd one that he's ended up at, at Everton. And, and you'd kind of think that we turned him down rather than, or you'd hope that we turned him down rather than he, he wanted to go to Everton and play there. Yeah, there was there was a quote from uh, Emery the other day, I'm just trying to pull it up, that he said he, he didn't want him. He said... Uh, See if I get it. Um, that he just said he, he didn't want Dan Juma. That he he loved the player and they worked together, but he already had that profile of player, and, and it wasn't something that he wanted. I think that for sure Dan Juma, you know, without any disrespect to the Everton fans, you know, with his connection to Emery, with Villa's position in the table, and also our spending power, uh, Everton in, in some in some financial bother, there's not there's not really a scenario where 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 Dan Juma chooses him over us. Yeah. Um, yeah, he said, uh, Emery said, really, he's a good player. And last year he played very well at Villarreal with us, but now I'm not thinking about him, was uh, what Emery said. So I think that that, that that was that. I think it was lots of people putting two and two together and coming up with uh, 25. Mm. But um, I think that, that, that Dan Juma, and I said this before, Unai came out, came out, oh, Unai Emery came out with those comments. I don't think this is an improvement on what we have. And I think that we have probably the, the budget and the scope, particularly if we get a, more, a couple more... <laughs> players out the door to uh, aim a little bit higher than that yeah that's that's the thing isn't it I, I I generally thought it would happen um I thought he'd end up at Villa but I was a little bit unsure as to as to where he would where he would fit in in terms of playing with with uh, with Bailey because certainly Bailey um is the first choice you know whether it's sort of out on the uh out on the wing or, or sort of through the middle where he, ha- he has been playing a few games. So there's also Buendia there who um, seems to be sort of nailing down his his, his position. So um, it's it's difficult really and you have to be careful that you're not just stockpiling players and you don't have um, players just just kind of there not, not really doing a lot. You want players that are coming in um, to be really challenging for places. Um Dan Juma was what I found interesting was that he was attracting interest from teams in the bottom three or four, you know, Everton, Forest, Bournemouth, Southampton, you know. So it wasn't he wasn't really interesting anyone um in our position or higher really. So um that kind of says a lot as well, I think. So you know, we'll, obviously, you know it was one that was that was linked. Hopefully, he, um, he doesn't prove to be a roaring success at Everton. Otherwise, we might we might regret not doing it. But he's, um, you know, it's, like we say, if Emery if Emery wants him, then it's fine by us. If uh, if he doesn't, that's also fine. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. The, the other the other mention was was for um, Chambers. There's been some some talk that maybe. Callum Chambers might be uh, might be moved aside by Emery. Obviously, he's worked with Emery before. Um, do you think he's still got a role at the club? Apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> I feel a little for Chambers because every time he's played, he's been pinging in worldy passes and scoring goals. I mean, he can't really defend, but he's, he's been <laughs> he's been a decent backup for us. But I think that's all he is, right? It's if you can get some money for him, move him on. 
Yeah, and also in terms of managing your budget, Chambers, England International, coming in from Arsenal, you imagine he's not on he's not on a, a pittance, you'd imagine. So if you've got someone of that of that profile who really is just a backup player, um, you probably don't need to be paying that amount of money. That money that 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 wages allocation is better off spent elsewhere. Whereas Chambers probably now with with all those teams that really exciting relegation battle that you've you're so excited about, Andy. <laughs> so many teams circling the drain in the Premier League. Could a Bournemouth or could a, a West Ham even or, a, or or an Everton benefit from someone like Callum Chambers as a starter? Absolutely. And again, if we can if we can obviously it's not going to be fourteen million, but if we could get six million for a Callum Chambers who we signed on a free or signed for you know nominal compensation for Arsenal. And also remove those wages from the bill. It's 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 a good deal, because I think there's nothing there's nothing that Callum Chambers is doing for Aston Villa that Courtney Horse couldn't have done, which is basically sitting on the bench and play in the cups. And Courtney Horse is a promotion hero and the uh, promotion hero, the, the king of Old Trafford, isn't he? So um, you know, he also he's also a singer. So <laughs> I don't know I don't know if Callum Chambers can carry a tune, but you know Courtney's got him beat all hands up and a left sided centre half. Uh, Courtney yeah, Horse. And injured at yeah. the moment, isn't he? Is the only downside well, yeah, we, of that. He's always injured, but that's, injured, that's, yeah. we don't hold that against him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, interesting. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's going to be an interesting last few days, I think, of the window. Um, uh, we may even have signed someone by the time this uh, th- this show comes out. So we'll uh, apologies for that if we're a little bit behind. Um, but thanks, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for joining me today, uh, Craig and Dan. Uh, really good to talk. Th- thanks for Craig for ju- jumping on last minute. Thanks for uh, for joining us. Hey, so great. The, the stars aligned. <laughs> what can I say? Absolutely. And um, thanks to everyone for listening. Um, obviously, a f- free weekend. So uh, this weekend. So enjoy the the. FA Cup and the the last few days of the the transfer window, um, and we'll be back next week to preview the uh, the the game home game against Leicester. Which Dan, you're going to be uh, gracing us in the Holt end. I am. I'm very much looking forward to it. I keep thinking it's next week. That's how excited I am. I keep bringing it forward by a week, so I might turn <laughs> up at your house this Saturday, Andy, thinking <laughs> that the game's on, and you have to shoo me away. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, we can all just weep into our into our Weetabix as we see Stevenage playing Stoke and just imagine what might have been. <laughs> yeah, I might watch Warsaw and Leicester. I think it's on the red button, so uh, that'll be my my viewing this weekend. Um, but no, thanks thanks to everyone for listening again, and uh, hopefully we'll 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 be back next week with with another show to look ahead to the the Leicester game, as I say. Um, but until then, stay safe and up the villa. <laughs>